The information on this podcast is not intended or implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. All information contained on or related to this podcast is for general information purposes only. Beat you to it. Oh man. Um. So I was ready before you were. We're back with uh, Mike Short. Yeah. We we spoke to him in a previous episode, um, and he's he's just we have so many jocks. Like this has been yeah. This has been a real revolving couch of uh, of jocks with IBD. Hi everybody. I'm Lisa and I'm Chantel and this is Gut and Glory. Yeah, so we're, we've got Mike back on the show because when Mike came originally, like, you know, he talked about his journey uh, with ulcerative colitis, his personal journey, mm-hmm. um, and touched on how he how his journey with IBD was quite heavily connected to fitness and sport. Um, so we wanted to have him back on just to kind of really zone in on that message of fitness and sport. And, and that might be a message that a lot of people with IBD are really, may have a really hard time believing or wanting opening to be connected to that because what do you mean like I can barely get off the couch yeah, all right I'm, I'm already not, so exhausted my right? energy's so low how but do I, I turn that I, around and get active yeah I think there's an importance behind it though and I'm glad that you're here again Mike to talk about these things so just kind of a quick background on Mike if you didn't listen to his previous episodes make sure you do um he was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis in 2011 mm-hmm. um and he was able to control his disease relatively uh, for just over a year um um, so however, you, his medications started you, not working for you. Your medication started not working for you, or you decided to move away from your medications? It was a bit of the medication stopped working, a bit of, you know. I'm not taking it the way I'm supposed to. Yeah, a little <laughs> bit of that youthful ego of, like, maybe I know better than my doctor who studied for, you know, longer than I've been alive. Oh, it's um, not It's not just a youthful thing. We all think... Or if you if you take medications and then you notice you're starting to get better and it's you'd almost treat it like an antibiotic, like I'm only going to take run its course for 10 days kind of thing. That's exactly what or I Or my did. favorite, yeah. oh, this isn't the medication. I'm just recovering on my own. So yeah. I don't need this medication because it's expensive. Mine so, was almost worse. Mine was... The stomach pain is happening. It must be the medication, not the disease. Oh, and right. I'm like, all right, yes, here we go. Yes. We're done. And then, yeah. yeah. So you tried a lot of medications. Yep. Um, didn't really work. You were at that. You were taking. You were studying kinesiology at UOIT, yep. which definitely is going to feed into the sport aspect of our episode today. Um, you were put on a biologic, which you're currently on now. Yeah, still on that. So you believe that in combination with the biologics and your lifestyle and connection to sport and fitness that you've been able to get yourself to a, a place where you are um, comfortable and happy and you feel healthy with your physical and mental self. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So you're now working as a trainer um, at a gym called Are You Game, which is a conditioning club in Whippy, Ontario. Yep. Um, and you you specifically train athletes and uh, you train those who have chronic illness. Yeah, that's the goal. So I, I want to work with, you know, it's it's always fun to have a bit of a challenge. So athletes give you that, you know, you're, you're always trying to push them to the, the best ability mm-hmm. that they yep. can get to. 
and then chronic disease kind of gives you its own unique challenge. And So it's not just IBD, like you're looking at chronic disease across the board here. Yeah, yeah, and, and the longer that I do this, the more information I get about different kind of diseases. Like you, you have your, the diabetes is kind of like your go-to when you hear physical activity. And then, then you hear, then you have the infl inflammatory diseases, exactly. like the arthritis, the Crohn's, the ulcerative colitis, that kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly, and so it's, I'm kind of noticing a trend when I look in the literature of how physical activity is really kind of that untalked about complementary therapy mm -hmm. that we're not really using. And I can kind of understand why, because when you get sick, you don't, like you guys previously said, you don't want to get off, off the couch, Never mind go lift a weight or go play a sport. So it's, it's something that's very, I guess, hesitated upon. And I, I think that we're doing ourselves an injustice there. I think what I like, what I like the most about what Mike had said is like, you know, your physical fitness and what you're doing in that world in junction with your medication. So you're not sitting here yeah. saying that physical fitness is going to cure your disease. And I know you had specifically noted that it's like, how can, how can training, how can sport or in the, in the gym lifting weights or whatever that physical activity looks like to you, how is it going to help you cope with your symptoms? Yeah. Because a lot of chronic illness, it's day-to-day -day symptoms. Yep. You know? Yeah. So um, tell us about what you've been learning about the connection between the gut microbiome and gut permeability, the immune system, and how all of this wraps into exercise. So it's, it's cool because this is kind of cutting edge with, you know, gut permeability. And um, the first time I heard it was when you hear about these gluten-free diets and, you know, you have gluten, your gut becomes more permeable, things go through and cause an immune response. Um, kind of rewinding and taking the gluten out of it, we know that IBD is kind of a combination of genetic factors, environmental factors, mm -hmm. and then typically you'll have... I shouldn't say typically, but sometimes you'll have that virus Kickstarter. Yeah, that gut, the, what's in your gut, the microbiome. Yeah, but then then uh, I'm seeing this kind of time and time again where someone's like, oh yeah, I noticed all these symptoms after I had a virus or something. Mm -hmm. So it, all three kind of line up in the perfect storm. I had chicken pox at 19. Interesting. I was diagnosed with IBD at 20. Really? See, mine was, yeah. I got I got strep throat and the flu at the same time, and then I was like, oh, there's everything yeah. else. I had adult chicken pox, which is not That's the really worst. chicken pox. I had, like, massive yeah. boils all over my body. Um, yeah. So are, are you noticing that that is a common trend in people coming in, that they have suffered some kind of... Are there, they can pinpoint it to a, a moment like that? Uh a chunk of people I've talked to, yes. Not everyone can. No, of um, course. It's, we can't, it's not across the board. Yeah, and, yeah. like, it, it gets finicky because, you know, you have things with, like, people like to think back and, and put a precise moment on. Sure. Stuff. So It's a, it's a comfort it's, thing, too. Yeah. If you can do yeah. that, this was it. Yeah, right. You know? Of course, exactly. you buy in much quicker based on a, you know, um, for me, I was diagnosed when I was 11. So I can't, I can't remember and I have no one to ask if there was a... Right. Yeah. But I'll, I love that, that that's the solution for it. So sure, I'm sure I was sick. Exactly. Yeah. And, and like you said, giving comfort to, okay, why did I get this? Rather mm -hmm. than being like, oh, my genetics just kind of suck. Or, you know, like I did something environmentally. You know, I ate way too much gluten. For me, it was probably junk food that coincided with it. So there's the cause, right? It is a, it's a Venn diagram of all of these things coming together in a perfect host. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. So tell, how does exercise help, like, your, the immune system? Like, just... So when you... When you, I'm just going to go back to that gut permeability for a second. Sorry, I interrupted there. Oh, that's okay. So with the gut permeability, um, 
what typically happens is you have um, inflammation that occurs, makes it more permeable, right. and then not getting too scientific, things go through. And then the immune system starts kicking in and, yeah. you know, really fighting. And that's when all that, that bad stuff happens, joint pain, everything kind of surrounds the gut. Um, inflammation and exercise are really what are coinciding. So the one thing I want to say right off the bat is, is physical activity. It's, it's like anything. It's good in moderation. If you do it too much, you get pro-inflammatory. They're called cytokines. Uh, if you do just the right amount, you can have anti-inflammatory cytokines. Um, so it's finding a balance then. It's you... finding a balance. Yeah. Like if you, you can probably find case studies of runners who run too much and then right. they have colitis like symptoms and that's right. that pro-inflammatory response. And I'm assuming getting. this, this point of too far, too much is probably different in everybody. Yeah. And there's, there's a lot of factors that go into it. Like what's your sleep look like? What's your nutrition look like? Genetics come back up. It's, right. Your it's holistic self, essentially. Everything is, yeah. is yeah, it's, it's all unique. So when someone comes in uh, to see you, to, con to, to, um, to be assessed for the first time, you're looking at, like, where's your pain level? How much are you dealing with? And you're trying to, you correct me if I'm wrong, you're trying to pinpoint where their athletic scale is like what what the conditioning you can do to like make what them... they're capable of doing what yeah. we yeah. can push them to do yeah so the first thing i do when when a client walks in is uh, i'm going to do a full assessment i'm going to look at all the pillars of of their fitness so things like balance strength um endurance i don't really have to look at too much because we'll get to there eventually mm -hmm. whether it's through the weight training or if we do cardio based stuff but i just want to make sure that they have that foundation of movement. And if right. they don't, we have to work on that. So do right. you ever see someone come in who is really not in good shape and wants to try to improve by... We don't mean shape as in like ripped. No, 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 no. Just no, no, in no. shape I mean, as like... in terms of like they're struggling with their health right now. Yeah. So I've, I had one client that was struggling with their health and um, it's just baby steps. Right. So it's it's not... You, you break it down for them, right? So... Um, and I think that's that's the big misconception that a lot of people have is I'm going to go into a gym and then they're going to stack me with all this weight. I'm, right. I'm going to do bad. You can run 45 yeah. minutes on the treadmill right away. Like Exactly. Sometimes yeah. someone will come to you and you put them on for 10 minutes and you're just walking them through what they can do outside of the gym as well as in the gym. Right. And that's all they need. So, I mean, like I've taken a client, put a broomstick in their hand and we've done an overhead press just to kind of get that movement foundation in. And they've said to me they feel better already just with that movement. That's a huge confidence yeah. booster, though, to have yep. to start somewhere. Well, and to get that reaction from your own body, like to, to see that better. you're putting something into yeah. it and it's having a, yeah. an impact. Exactly, exactly. And so, I think that's that's the biggest thing that I'm trying to do is, is break down that that stereotypical perception of you know I can't do this because I'm sick or I can't do this because yeah. I couldn't do it in the past. I think that the only difference between someone with IBD and a healthy person is their starting point. And I can get them to that same point and beyond. It just, it's going to take time. Mm -hmm. And I mean... It's definitely a journey. It, like, it, it is. Like having this disease is on its own. It's a journey where you you might go two steps forward and some days you might go back. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, you know? this I don't suffer all the from day to day. 
but getting to the gym is a challenge. So just imagining the person who Who's uh, who has IBD, who is going through a flare that thinking getting up and going to the gym might seem like an extra step. Or not going through a physical flare in terms of bathroom visits and blood yeah. and mucosal lining, you know, those types of things. But the extra intestinal manifestations of Crohn's happening. So the joint pain, um, you know, the, just the inflammation in all other parts of the body, the headaches, the malnutrition, the anemia, like these are all things that I go through on a daily basis. Like if I'm not going to the bathroom 20 times, I'm still struggling to get up the stairs. Yeah. You know, like there's yeah. other things that I have to mm-hmm. deal with. Yeah. Um, and I, I do find that exercise and activity when I'm at a place where I'm literally not in bed, because of course on those days I'm not yeah. going anywhere, you need your rest. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do feel like physical activity does help in some ways. You know, swimming for me has been something. Now I'm not an Olympic swimmer in any sort of the way. What? But just even <laughs> the floating and the just going at my own pace from one side to the other side and back has has been really nice and the the water and getting it off my joints like no oh pressure yeah on my joints has been super helpful there's so many different dynamics to fitness that i think are overlooked and like you touched on one right there with the swimming like you're you're going at your own pace from side to side mm-hmm. it might not even be that you're you're getting like that anti-inflammatory response from the exercise but you're getting that mental relief absolutely from it and so that's that's one of the nice things with exercises. It's not just tackling, like I, I could sit here and spew science. Like I brought my book with all these notes that I took. Um, when you hear the pages flipping, that's, that's exactly, Mike. yeah, that's what's going <laughs> no, on. It's <laughs> not me for once, yeah. Um, but so like, yeah, there's science behind the physical side of it, but there's also that mental side. And like, it's been cool for me to see because through like doing my master's and now I'm at the point of writing my thesis, I tackled physical activity in conjunction with anxiety, which is another mm. huge part of IBD. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. I mean, you uh, how much of your uh, consultation or your assessment of someone is dealing with that, that anxiety and, and the, um, you know, the day-to-day Stress. dealing yeah. with the chronic uh, problem? How much of that is, is part of what you're taking into consideration? It's interesting because I find with on the anxiety part it's not so much with I mean their day-to-day we don't really tend to talk about that too much it's more so like you're gonna feel better overall and I just I make right. I make people aware that they'll feel better it's more so that anxiety of coming into the gym especially as someone yes. who might be running to the bathroom yeah you know, yes five times throughout the session and at that point I just I want to comfort that person and let them know like look I was there I was in yeah. the school gym doing squats and every time I went, I had to bring my hoodie so that I could drape it across the squat rack because I would do my set of squats and then run to the bathroom and then run back. Hope no one took my machine, do it again, and repeat. Right. You said the anxiety oh of gosh. going into the gym. Even, like, even when I was in university before I was diagnosed and in high school, and I was, I, I was very much an athlete, was supposed to be playing on the varsity teams, you know, and then all of this happened to me. Um, I had anxiety as a healthy person who was in great shape. Now that I see pictures of myself back then, I was thinking I was in bad shape then. (laughs) I don't know why I was not walking naked through the street. Like, I have no idea. (laughs) But I think about how much anxiety I had going to a gym as somebody who was in shape. Well, yeah. 
the gym is an, it's an, an intimidating place. place. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. very intimidating. So now imagine I'm going to go to a gym. I have a chronic illness. I'm struggling daily with these issues, these issues. This. I don't know what my limitations are. Add that to somebody myself, like myself, for example, who used to be physically active right. and now I know I can't do what I used to be able to do, that I do have limitations. That is a whole lot for a brain to handle. It is. It is. So... You know, you you talk about um, you talk about your sharing your common experience with them. How much are you, do you see the um, the impact of that? The impact of that. It do you think that makes them more comfortable? It definitely helps to know that that someone else had gone through it. Um, I'm kind of in a special situation because I don't train out of like your typical Good Life or LA Fitness, where you know there's hundred people at the weights at all time. Um, where I train, it's it's a nice community, right? Like when it's I a first, yeah, when I mm-hmm. first walked in the door, um, a post like a good life where everyone looks at you and they're like, oh, who's this scrawny kid, <laughs> right? Like you walk in the door and people are like, hey, my name is so and so, like, what's going on? And then within a week, like not even, you're you're part of the group, right? They don't they don't care um, how much you lift, they don't care how quick you go through stuff, but they can see that you work hard, and they're like, okay, like we're cool with these people. Do you feel the people that are you game um, in, in Whippy are like super supportive of what you're doing and having people with chronic illness there and them taking their step-by-step journey? It's, are you game is, is, I mean, I've yet to see um, a gym atmosphere like that one. Um, and I, I know. It, like, Which I'm assuming is why you're taking your clients there. This is yeah. where you've decided to, I'm going to train my people here. Well, like, I had trained, I had trained at are you game way back before I got sick. I, uh, I was doing jujitsu and I, I trained there to get in shape for my tournaments. Um, and then once I got sick, that whole thing kind of petered off and I stopped training at the gym. I stopped going to jujitsu and then I was going through Facebook one day and I saw that they were looking for a trainer. And as soon as I saw that, like instantly I'm like, I'm emailing, that's where I want to work because it was just such a great environment. It was so welcoming. Um, and like first of all, my boss knows his stuff as well. And I know that like, it's like anything else. You can go to school for years, but it's experience. That's your, that's your big teacher. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I stayed there and just did like almost a three month internship where, um, my boss was teaching me how he ran the gym, like the, the routines he did, why he did them the way they did. And just such that open door of information. You don't find that everywhere. Right. So right away I was That just better equips you from all angles to be able to Exactly. And and I found that there when I spoke with him about like I guess my training motto and my my goal, what I want to do with clients, it it lined up with his where like a lot of these places you go, it's okay, show me the money and and then I'll fix you. Show me the money. That's that's what it is, right? And like yeah. So for, for myself it's I just want my clients to get better. And like I make myself as available as possible. So even if like we have our session at eight o'clock on a Tuesday, they can still contact me on Facebook um, or, you know, they can text me and say, Mike, like I ran into this issue. I don't know what's going on. Like, you know, what do you think of this protein powder? What do you think of this exercise that I'm going to do outside of the gym? And so I'm, they have that ability to talk to me rather than do something harm their progress, and then fall off the wagon. So you're definitely trying to approach this on a holistic level. 
Yeah, absolutely. So what I know you brought all your science notes. <laughs> so tell us about specifically IBD. So like how can physical, physical activity or exercise help somebody with IBD? You know, I know you had mentioned like anecdotally what your personal experiences are coming from, but also like scientifically, like what are you finding and how can this be helpful for us warriors? Rockstar. Rockstar. It's, again, it's cool because it's all almost, I'm going to use the word cutting edge, which in like the scientific world means these studies were done like five, 10 years ago and now we're, we're getting the information. Mm -hmm. um, but there's not a lot done on humans in terms of the effects. So we have to look at animal models and we can still look at like, I guess, immunomodulation. So like cytokines, the pro-inflammatory and the anti-inflammatory. Um, and it kind of goes back to that, I guess that, that range of fitness that you have. Mm -hmm. If you do just enough or you just start, it's only up until that tail end where you do too much, you get the anti-inflammatory Getting molecules. the positive impacts of it. Yeah, so that's why people will do exercise and it's kind of like that endorphin rush you get yeah. with running. Yeah. So it's, you, you get these anti-inflammatory markers that kind of put aside the pro-inflammatory markers that we all experience on a daily level. Well, when I was diagnosed with arthritis as well, with my, with my, which having Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis, sometimes arthritis almost goes hand in hand, really, yeah. as an inflammatory. Literally disease. in your hands. Yeah. Yeah. And being diagnosed, diagnosed with arthritis and explaining my back pain and my joint pain and my knees and all these things, it, my doctor didn't tell me to go home and rest and put my feet up. Like they said, Exercise. Exercise. Yeah, yeah. Like in moderation, mm -hmm. you know, if it's a 30-minute walk every day, then do that. Like don't, you know, when I have, when my back is really, really bad, the last, they, the last thing they say is, well, if you like, don't just sit still because it's only going to stiffen up and get worse. Exactly. Like, exactly. Get out there and get moving. Get moving for yeah. sure. Yeah. So you get that, you know, the whole lubricate your joints thing with, with the moving around and then you get the anti-inflammatory uh, cytokines that come in and kind of they almost put into balance the pro-inflammatory cytokines, which affects that gut permeability and all those other manifestations. So it's you... like it's like a, you you are. Forgive me, this is really uh, like colloquialized, but you're like providing yourself a mini temporary cure, curing yourself just a little bit at a time. I mean, it, it's just it's like yeah. you know, it's, it's like you that little bubble of pain relief and that little bubble of it's like taking a Tylenol relief, but yeah. naturally yeah yeah exactly with it's not a cure taking but it's a Tylenol more or less like it's a relief well yeah and that's yeah. with that's, some long term benefits exactly yeah. and so that's that's the other thing that that's really important to understand is once you start fitness and physical activity it's not like how I was with my medication where it's like oh I feel better okay I'm off right, right? it's it's this it's a marathon not a sprint. Yes, of course, yeah. And that's how it's, it's got to be looked at. It's same with like when people are like, oh, I want to change my diet. Okay, you need to understand at that point that it's, if you're going to change your diet, it's got to be long term. Because if you do it just short term, like that's, that's what I find a problem with. As soon as you go all. back to, you're going to double what you were Exactly. To, yeah. And then you can get into the yo-yo dieting, which has its whole other host of nasty health implications. Right. I truly found that um, going to a gym when I, uh, the last big flare that I suffered was, in 2003, 2002, 2003, and I spent a lot of time in a gym. I probably was at my, um, it's probably the healthiest I've ever been in that time, ironically, while suffering, because I, and I've talked about this before, the momentum that you 
that you are gaining when you're a well person, when you get a flare, suddenly sometimes can feel like that's it. I'm stopped. My momentum is stopped. And it can be very depressing, be, debilitating, yeah, you know. Draining. So I found it was great to channel my momentum towards something that I could actually see an improvement in. Lisa, did even it though... help you like refocus your energy so you weren't thinking about Absolutely. all the negative? Absolutely. And because I could yeah. see a physical benefit from it, you know, I could see that my arms were getting stronger, that my body was getting leaner, that I was standing taller, that I had more energy. It was definitely... Yeah, because you can't see IBD. And I was sleeping better. That was the thing, oh, too, is that, is that so I slept key. better. Yeah. I, just I would get in bed and I would go it. to sleep because I was exhausted. Oh, my gosh. If I could sleep, it would be the solution to all my problems. It wouldn't actually <laughs> yeah. but I would feel like I would be better. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, at the time, it was running for me. I ran outside. I ran everywhere. I would go to a gym. I, I was working in a, a theater, so I had, like, a show at night. And then I was free all day till the next sh- to the next show the next night. So I lived right next to a 24-hour gym. And at one point, I would just like be there. You'd just go right afterwards. Everybody would be going out on a Saturday night. And like a real, you know, <laughs> You're one Saturday of those night girls, special, right? I was in the gym. It's yeah. one of those. Yeah. So Get tell us, like, you know, we have listeners who are at various stages of their illness right now. So they could be feeling great. They mm-hmm. could be feeling eh. They could be in hospital then. Yeah. You know, um, they could be listening to us right now going, you guys are crazy. Yeah. For suggesting <laughs> so what that would I would you, lift a weight. Like, how, do you, how would you tell these people, to, how would people start participating in physical activity? At, at, you know, whether they get a trainer like yourself or even just starting at home. Like how, what, what is the suggestion that you give to them? Because I feel like I even need this suggestion and I have some, you know, my fiance is, was big into the gym and we have a gym membership. We don't use it as often as we should, but... Like you're supporting a gym. The biggest part is where do I start? Yeah. The or how? The hardest part is starting because you have to. It's it's not something you can trick, right? Like I can look at you guys when I'm in a flare up and be like, yeah, I feel fine, and you guys yeah. will be like, yep, you're fine. When you say that, and then you go to the gym, it you it exposes it. that. So the first, yeah. I, I say, I guess the first words of advice would be like, be real with yourself. Where are you starting from? Like I don't care what you've done. Five years ago, you got sick. You haven't been doing whatever you've been doing right. for five years. Be real with yourself and then and then start. So it could be as simple as, you know, going for a walk around the block, right? right? Some people will be like, yeah, that's great. I can start with that. Other people will be like, are you crazy? Like, I'll need a bathroom in that time period. For that, right. then you can look at, okay, you know what? What can I do at home just to get started? And so if you don't have what you don't need weights to do that, no. You can do things like bodyweight squats, which are great. Um, I mean, or it's, you're just squatting on your own. Yeah, just squatting just on your own. Just get their proper form. Don't put your knees over your toes. Yeah. In the middle of your living room, butt to the floor, back as straight as possible. Like something as simple as yeah. starting that way. Yeah. So like <clears throat> it gets tricky because we can go down a whole another rabbit hole about like form and stuff like that. Yeah. And my pet peeve with YouTube videos and, <laughs> you know, <clears throat> yeah. I always tell people like, but just starting even somewhere, like trying yeah. to move. If you're if you're starting and you're just moving, I mean, unless you're doing some weird kind of deadlift that's gonna throw out your back, just just move. Just right? move. Get get that movement going and then gradually progress. I mean, there's a chance you'll get to the point where it's like, okay, you know, um, maybe I don't know if I'm doing my push-ups right at home, I'm doing my squats wrong, or you know, I need more than what's at home. Right. And then that's the point where 
I say, you know, get a trainer. Even yeah. if you just do like an intro session, get a trainer so they can show you the ropes. Right. Um, I you, pay for that one time where they give you the specifics and the proper way. Yeah. Until you get comfortable with that and then you're ready for the next level. And plus a trainer, a trainer can come to you, right? Yeah. So yeah. that's one benefit of if you, depending on what your um, limitations are, your health limitations are, you can have someone come to where you are and, and assess you there. Absolutely. There, there are these uh, in-home trainers that will come to your house and, and help you out. Um, when it comes to a trainer though, I've, I'll always say, do your homework, mm -hmm. right? Like it's, it's no different than, um, I'm not going to pick on doctors cause I think they're all excellent, but like, for example, chiropractors. Now I've come across my fair share of like, okay, stay away from that guy. Um, mm -hmm. trainers are, are no different. Of course you need to do your research and don't just assume like, oh, this person's working at this gym. They must know what they're talking about. Exactly. And it, personal training's in this weird area where you have something like the registered kinesiologist. Um, it's a, an exam that came out in an attempt to combat all these weekend courses that you can do to get your personal training because right. like it used to be taken as like, okay, do your week long course, write your test. You're good to go. Even the CanFit Pro, like I've, I wrote it twice. I wrote it, let it expire, wrote it again. It got a lot harder the second time really? I wrote it. Yeah, which I was so happy about. So if, if you didn't have that background, like you went to university for this. Yeah. You're not, pa not no, just a random person's not passing this test. I mean, if you go to the course, it's... It'll help you? You'll be okay. Right. You can You can still pass it. Um but it's nothing like um, the NSCA strength and conditioning exam or the registered kinesiology exam where you need that undergraduate degree. CanFit Pro, anyone can register and go right. Because it's not just about finding a trainer who like physically looks good. It's also yeah. like, especially if you're a chronically ill person, you well, want to make sure thing. that somebody has the, 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 the knowledge, the textbook, the school knowledge behind the human body yeah. and how it works and functions. Exactly. In junction with... How do you, how do I do these exercises properly and what's best for my body? And exactly. there is a huge benefit in finding someone like yourself who can relate to yeah. Yeah. You know, that a condition that me, you may have. I, I, I mean, I think that's so yeah. important and we don't, you know, the, the gym intimidation enough yeah. uh, alone stops us from, you know, going to the gym, looking for the right person to assess your health situation is exactly. very important. And, and even with the background with the trainer, like... Like, and yeah, you, the CanFit Pro exam it, is hard. People can pass it, but that still doesn't mean that that knowledge translates after, right? And that's, that's the thing with exams is you can, you can memorize all this stuff, write the test, pass, do your practical, and then just be like, okay, cool, everyone's a bodybuilder now. Yeah. And so that's yeah. why I always say, you know what, do your background information, talk to the trainer. Walk in. If they're not willing to give you five, ten minutes of their time to talk and answer questions and hear your concerns they're probably not the trainer for you. And I would assume that the, one of the first bits of advice you'd give to somebody with chronic illness or IBD specifically is to definitely divulge that information to the trainer. Like, I think so, That's yeah. something that, not so that the trainer's like, oh, I can't work with you, but a, you know, someone like Mike, who's very knowledgeable and went to school for this, like knowing that is only going to give oh, yeah. you more of the information that you need to personalize their physical journey. Mm -hmm. um, that as well as don't be put off by a trainer that says, I don't know what that is. Right. Because if they're willing to tell you, I'm not too sure about that, but I'm going to check it out. Mm -hmm. That's a good trainer. Like right away, that's right. already bonus points for me because they've already told me that, 
you know, that, that ego of I know everything isn't there, which is good. And then they're willing to do their homework to help me out as a client. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that's very important, especially with a population like this, where there's so many different manifestations of the disease and, you know, like yeah. joint pain and, and everything. You might have a client who three months earlier was in one place and then three months later is in a completely different place in terms of their health yeah. or their pain or their mm-hmm. daily symptoms. I don't know why we don't think about it like this. More. But we yeah. should be looking for not someone, not a trainer, but somebody to partner with to, to yeah. you know, to get us where we need to be. I think, I think there's this whole, I'm going to use the word market, but really money has nothing to do with it. I think there's this whole untapped market of complementary therapies that are just starting to kind of gain traction. Mm-hmm. You see it with diet now. Like when I was first diagnosed and I asked about diet, it, it, I got the same answer across the board. Diet has nothing to do with yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about it. Uh, going through the literature in preparation for this, I found like reviews on just diet alone. Mm-hmm. Um, Where some people do find solace in when they change their foods. I'm one of the people on, on one hand who I've tried as many diets as possible and elimination and this and that. And I haven't found any big help. However, my doctors have also said very clearly, like you're definite, like you, I, we have pinpointed that I, tri- I trigger, the why triggers are stress. Mm-hmm. Either That's a when, big I'm, one for me when I'm in stress, like report card time, you know, arguing with family or loved ones or whatever, I flare or change of season, the environmental stress yeah. around me. That foods, makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. That- now, when I am flaring, there are foods that will bother me and enhance my symptoms should I eat it. So I avoid those things. Right. You know, like pineapples give me a ton of ulcers. I don't eat those. Onions bother me. Seeds, I'm not going to eat when my when I'm, when what's oh, coming out yeah. of me is a straight liquid. I'm not eating seeds because these are going to get trapped inside the intestinal walls and cause more issues than, you know, popcorn, those types of things. The you know? only time that I ever have, knock on wood, the only time that I ever have issues I think back to when was the last time I had seeds? Literally, it's always yeah. that. It's always that same thing. And that's the other thing too. It's like Chia it's so or, personalized, yeah, which kind of goes seeds. in with your message. Like you can't just have a client that walks in who has IBD and says, I have IBD. And then you'd be like, okay, so this is the exercise you're going to yeah. do. And this is the diet you should be on. Exactly. Because it's not, or I, that's the same thing as a GI doctor coming in and saying, oh, you have IBD. So this is the medication you only must take. Like yeah. the whole process from mental health, physical health, the whole thing has to be personalized, which granted makes this, makes somebody living with IBD, makes their life difficult, makes somebody who's trying to help people with IBD, makes her life difficult, mm-hmm. but it's possible. I think that's the key. Oh yeah. And it's personal. Mind. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. your, uh, your range of, of, uh, physical fitness will depend on what, what you're able to do. Like what your diet will depend on what your body can tolerate mm-hmm. at the time, what you're lacking, what you need. It's got to be a full assessment yeah. in that way. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's almost a disservice to not to not be there for any client that you work with that's going through stuff like this. So, I mean, like uh, a client who has just done a workout for me goes home and says, oh, I just had my protein shake. It didn't go well. Okay, well, let's figure out what it was that made it so it didn't go well. Did you drink it with milk? Did you drink it with water? Right. Is right. it whey? Is it casein? What's going on there? Or is it something we did in the workout that, you know, just spurred something? Yeah. Right? Like, Maybe we pushed it too hard today. Maybe we didn't push it hard enough. And so it's, reflecting on that whole process is important. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it is, it's, it's problem solving and it's, I mean, it's, 
it's different in a sense, but it's no different than the medications that you get put on. They they might work. Or they might not. But there's a good chance that, you know, the first thing we try doesn't really work that well. Right. Yeah. And so now we have to problem solve and go through this process. And when we find something great and we're going to, we're going to hold on to that, that beneficial stuff for as long as we can, but eventually we're going to have to progress and do something more. It goes back to the patient thing. Yeah. We have to be, we have to be patient patients. Yeah. And patients is a hard trait. Well, just like anything, you know, like we, we talked about it with Rashid, there's the, um, the decision that when you, the, the feeling that when you take medication, you're at the precipice of something changing. Everything's going to change. It's it. going to be different. I'm going to go to the gym one time and I'm going to be, I'm, I'm on the journey to health. I'm but it really in is. that little black dress yeah. and I'm going to be able to walk up the stairs. It's the and... first step in yeah. a marathon. Yes. That, and so. that, what you said right there is the biggest, I guess, hurdle with every single client, not just IBD is they walk in the gym, they do the work and in three sessions, they're, they go home and they why, get their measuring. Why hasn't they, anything changed? And I'm like, okay, hold on. So you ate poorly for five years and you got here <laughs> three times. and you want, you want me to fix that in three times. I go, okay, <laughs> let's think about that. We're going to take at least three months just to see if we can get you on the right track kind of thing. Yeah. And then you can expect to start seeing results. I go, but you know, if you want to be where you were five years ago, it's going to take you maybe not five years from now, but maybe two and a half because it's, it's not that quick a process. Right. Yeah. And that's, and you know what, I think what's comforting is, you know, and Mike has talked about this on previous episodes as well. Like he's living proof of how, you know, somebody can live with IBD and be physically in good health and find solace in going to the gym and find symptom relief in going to the gym and being part of teams and playing soccer and running and all of these things. And it's not just the physical aspects, the physical benefits, the, you know, reducing inflammation and things like that, helping with pain. But I think it's the camaraderie that comes with being a part of a family. Oh, yeah. Like being on a sport team, being a part of a fa- like a gym, like Are You Game, where you're, this is a community, these are people that you've met. For me, it was volleyball. I, I, volleyball was my entire life, literally my entire life. And, and then I got sick. And it stopped being my life for a few years. And then it became my life again um, in my mid-20s. It was my life again. And then it's not my life right now. Now I'm your life. Lisa's my life. <laughs> yeah. Not my fiancé. Just Lisa. No, just like. We don't need to put a ring well, on my it. Jo- and job <laughs> takes over that as well, yeah. too. But, you know, it's interesting that we're talking about this today because my volleyball community, we take part in a Canada versus the United States tournament once a year and that tournament is this weekend so all of my like my volleyball family I don't call them like the, I, I literally call them my volleyball family even though it's been a couple of years now since I've played my volleyball family is posting things on social media about how they're at the volleyball tournament right now in Buffalo and who they're playing and I make a post and they're all saying like we wish you were here like we really miss you and it's interesting that we're talking about that because I really did find a mental relief yeah being a part of that team yeah. Well, do you, know? do you do you think that um, part of that too, like, I mean, you're all, your endorphins are up, you're exercising. It was a relief for me. It was a normal thing too, yeah, right? I would, I would feel so good for those couple of hours. I would come home and suffer because I, would, I was one of those people yeah. who pushed myself way too hard. I would come home and suffer. But the, for those few hours, and you know what? I feel what did a lot for me for volleyball is, and as you said, you can't hide it when you go to the gym. You see it at the gym. Yeah. My volleyball family were the first people to see that I am different. That I am definitely going through something. 
IBD is invisible to people, but they saw the player I was before, then I got sick and disappeared for a couple of years, and then I came back, and they could see, like, holy shit, you've obviously been through something because you're not the same person, you're not the same player you were before. And it wasn't them being negative to me, but it was them validating for me right. that I have an invisible illness, but now you can see it. And that made me feel better. Yeah. Family's the best Definitely. word for it because yeah. they do it. And like, yeah. I see it with the soccer teams I play on where when they ask, okay, who's coming back next year? It's it's almost like a process of mourning if one guy's like, you know what, guys, I'm I'm not coming back. And you're like, man, like, we're going to miss that guy. Yeah. And you you form that bond. Um, there's a really cool book that kind of discusses that that sense of community and, and that coming together. It's called Tribe by Sebastian Younger. Um, tribe tribe you've been using that word a lot yeah. <laughs> and it uh it it just talks about um it focuses on the military and how these soldiers will go off to afghanistan and iraq and they'll form these tight-knit groups and have experiences their... that no one else can relate to exactly and so he wanted to know why is it that they can go over there experience what they do and then come back but it's only certain groups of the military that have high rates of PTSD. Like from, no, right. I, I could be completely wrong, but but something like the Rangers in the US or the Navy SEALs, they have considerable lower rates of PTSD according to this book. And just, So what's I, happening in that in that community? Yeah, when you look deeper, a lot of times these, these infantry units go over, they come back and they're separated. Whereas the Navy SEALs and the Special Forces, it's, it's a family, they, they come home and then they're at a barbecue for, you know, Bobby's kid's third birthday. Mm -hmm. And they're always together, tight-knit tight together. Yeah. And so he, this guy traced it all the way back to um, the pioneer days and how the Europeans, when they came over in the States, um, they noticed that um, there were white guys running off and joining the Native Americans. And they're like, what's going on? So they'd go, they'd rescue Community. him, bring him back, and then he would run back. And they're Community. like, yeah. And, and they couldn't figure it out. And so eventually it was, you know, the, the Native Americans live very tight-based communities where, they support you know, one another. It's, it's like a family. And when the Europeans came over, it was very, like, they came over as Europeans, but everyone felt individual and they felt yeah. lonely. And that's, that's the big thing. So you that's, know, when, when a lot of people think about the gym, they think that the gym is, and for a lot of people, the gym could be a, an independent thing that they, that they do. But the gym doesn't have to be that way. You can find a gym uh, where you have a community, where you have a family. You can find a trainer that you develop a relationship with. Like if sport isn't your thing, because there are athletes who, who are sport athletes, then there's athletes who are runners or athletes who lift weights and it's not on a team. Yeah. But I think in all aspects, you can find that team. Even if that team is just you and your trainer, it's a team. Well, CrossFit built... An, an entire, I, I guess, almost like a cult following based on it that model. It is very cultish, actually. <laughs> if you look, though, and you see, like, a lot of the people that I, I follow on Instagram and whatnot with, with IBD that have used fitness, it's all in CrossFit, right? They all gear towards CrossFit, and it has that, that high endurance, like, you're going to sweat hard, you're going to work hard, but it also has that... You're doing it with a team. We're, yeah, we're a community, and we're, we're going to go through this mission. together. We're on a mission. Well, yeah. look, at, a mission. look at how big, like fitness classes have become yeah oh, just yeah. doing something with other people mm -hmm. you know i i love them actually yeah i think they're great yeah i brought my wife to one one of the classes at ru game and so she knew no one 
I'd, I'd been going for a while. And by the end of it, she's like, oh, like so many people said hi to me. They told me like, you got this work harder. And she's like, I felt, I felt amazing. It's, and, it's a, it's a lady yeah. really. Like, yeah. it really is. Yeah. It's like a high. You know, it was one of the things uh, I did, I ran when I lived in Chicago, and uh, that was, it, it's so different, such a different running culture than it is where I live in Toronto, uh, because I found people were so vocal, like, and it was one of my You'd favorite things. you just be running things. by some, hey. <laughs> be running by other runners, and they'd be like, go for it, you know, and they, it was so encouraging. I remember thinking, I really wish... Toronto was more like this that. This reminds you know? me of boaters. If you ever go up north, cottage country, and you're on a boat and yeah. you drive by another boat, everybody's waving. Oh, yeah. People are always oh, yeah, like, the boat wave. It's yeah. another boat person. Boat, the boat people. Wave. Like, boat waves are great. Like, I remember being but like, Who's imagine that. that? I imagine that. Like, I, it just blew my mind. This is a provincial Canadian moving to this American city where total strangers were just, you know, cheering me on as I ran past them. I thought, oh my God, I. We it's so validating. I, I benefited from yeah. it. I would go out. I'd be like so encouraged to go out and, and it, be it with my community. Have to be much either, like a no. as someone's doing work, good work, and bam, you're gonna do. Yeah. Like, if you're lifting weights, you're gonna do those two more reps because you know someone's cheering you on, or you're yeah. gonna finish yeah. that much quicker. So the gym, your gym has a website. So it's rugame.ca. Yep. Um, you've got a website which. We, I know we've promoted before and we're definitely going to promote again. So it's athletics-for-life.wixsite, W-I-X-S-I-T-E.com. Yes. And you've got lots of information on there. And you share your personal journey, which I think is yeah. and, key. And one thing I'm working on with that site is, like I said, I, I have my own, I guess, pet peeve with the YouTube videos. So I'm, I'm working on bringing my own kind of instructional thing. Right. to my site so I can help people that, you know, can't go to the gym but can still work it at home. That's great. That's I think really that's amazing. the first step for people with IBD. Yeah. It's not just I need to get out and get into a physical gym, but it's literally doing something within your own space. And I know that our basement has our yoga balls and mats and foam rollers, and that's what's in the basement right now because there are times where going to the physical space of a gym is not okay. And yep. I even have to get better with getting up in my own space. Yeah. And doing something. Oh, we all do. I took over a room in my house, just put my yoga mat down, put up a bunch of and stuff. And it's just there. Uh, no, it, I mean, I, do, I go into the room sometimes. I'll look at it's it. It's dust. Yeah, it's <laughs> dust. So I, I, uh, I mean, it's been amazing. I, I, it was my daughter's playroom forever. I just took it back over and was like, no. Now she's probably like, Mom, I set you up don't a little mirror, my Buddha. <laughs> Ma, you're not even in here. I <laughs> use it. I stretch it on out. Mike, how many, uh, how many times, how many episodes have we had you on? I think this one's the second. This is yeah, the second? Is the second. I think three more and you get a free sandwich. So <laughs> that's it. That's don't right. Air? <laughs> uh, I hate donairs. I love you, Nova Scotia. I love you, Pizza Corner. I hate donairs. So, I apologize Mike, to the people of the really East. It's really awesome that you were here today to discuss these things. And I think that you started off by saying the biggest takeaway is that you just need to be moving. Yeah. Yeah. And it does, like I said, it doesn't, mat doesn't matter what technically. You're not going to hurt yourself just doing bodyweight squats. Yeah. Like if you do, like... Okay, then you know you're going to hurt yourself kind of thing. Yeah. Um, doing push-ups, like to start, if you just go off your knees, base your knees instead of your feet and do push-ups, or yeah. if you incline it and you're just doing push-ups like that, just get moving. Start you know, the best thing about that is we, we, we are reluctant to, uh, to start at our level. Sometimes we want to push it. Mm -hmm. But if you don't start at your level, 
you don't get to have that joy of seeing yourself progress, right? Yeah, and like I'll be the first one to say like I've started way too advanced yeah. before and it set me back so much. Oh, and yeah. it's you know what, like everyone reaches that point where they fail. And no one judges you if, you know, if you walk into a gym or at home and you can't do five push-ups because everyone was there once. They might not tell you that, but they everyone were was definitely, there. Yeah. yeah, it's like when I first started working out to do a chin-up, that was out of the question. But I kept working at it and, you know, you do, you do the little progressions and then you do one chin-up, then you do two and you get all the way up to ten. And then I, I think that's the magic of it because you look back and you're like, look what I accomplished. I might have IBD, yeah. but look what I accomplished regardless. And at that point, it doesn't matter how long it took you to get there because you still got there. I think it's nice for people with an invisible illness to have something, have a physical, something physical to a, to look at as I was there and now I'm here. Yeah, you need markers. For, yeah. Absolutely. You need we to be able to see your progress. See our disease. And, I, and I've said that in other episodes. This is why like when I go for colonoscopies, I, I honestly ask not to be put out. And my doctors are always like, you're going to be extreme. I, I know it's extremely painful. I'm like, I, I could scream, but they... They medicate me when I go for my colonoscopies just to the point where I'm knocked out. And I, so I, because I, I, for myself, I need to see my colon on the screen. I need to see it. I need to see where the disease is, where there's no disease. I need to see where the disease was and hopefully there isn't disease anymore. For me, I need to see it. And give it a detention. That's it. Yeah. Like you're in trouble, (laughs) you know, but I do. I, and I, so I feel like with invisible illness, if like physical activity is something that could give you that comfort that you're not getting from physically seeing your disease get better. Yeah, definitely. I used to do it in the form of like, this is really nerdy, but. We love nerds here. I used to keep stats when I played soccer. When I first started playing, I, I keep everything goals against, um, games played wins losses and it was just a way for me to track okay I let in three goals last game well this game coming up I'm only gonna let in two and in my mind that was progression to be like look my disease doesn't dictate how good or bad I do at sports right like if I can get you know six shutouts in a season because they don't like leagues don't keep that information Right. right so I had to keep it myself but if I could get that six six clean sheets over the season then to me it was like there like my colitis doesn't define me which is a big thing is a lot of, of people course. let that disease it's a very, define it's like a, it's yeah. almost like an f-u-i-b-d <laughs> yeah oh yeah. yeah look what i can do yeah <laughs> like, and i know that sounds silly but i think there's so much strength in that it's, for sure like 100 percent. i mean you cannot you cannot just allow says, your ridiculous. life to I'd be like, controlled by this thing here's my inflatable hammer in your head yeah <laughs> well, that's, one of that's the hard Can't thing, right? When you when you define yourself as, um, like, hi, I'm Mike. I have ulcerative colitis, rather than being like, hi, I'm Mike. I'm a trainer. I'm an athlete. I'm a master's yes, student. Yeah. That's when you you're already you've already begun losing, and then that's yeah. how it controls your life. And next thing you know, you're, you know, like where I started, afraid to take a bus ride, afraid to go to school, and like, not saying you can't get out of that but it's, it's a harder stepping stone. Yeah. Yeah. It's, a, it's a saying, you know, I've said it more than once. I have IBD, but IBD does not have me. Mm-hmm. Sometimes IBD does have me, but I feel like I'm doing everything I can to get even to my, not even so much my physical, but get to my mental state where IBD does not have me. Yeah. And that's a, it's a constant conversation you have with yourself. Every day. Every day. Yeah. If you uh, if you're listening to this right now, uh, you can 
no matter what uh, stage of your um, chronic was, disease you're yeah. in, there is something that you can do to put one foot on the road of this journey of Mike, could our listeners reach out to you on your healthy. website? Like, They can reach out on my website. Yeah. Um, There's like links there to just getting... Like if they're literally saying like, I'm, I'm in bed. For that and like, just, I'll throw this out here and if you guys can post in the episode notes... Just email me, michael.short2, like the the number two, at uit.net. It's the one that I will always answer. Michael.short at uit.net. No, michael.short, the number two, two at, at uit.net. But we'll, yeah. we'll put U-O-I-T. this up. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's the one I always check for whatever reason. Sometimes, um, you know, there's, there's issues with my other emails. That one I know for sure works. You know what? For some people, that could be the first step. Just emailing yes, you. Yes. That could be like, that's what uh, I'm saying. that could be like a, a leap. Big Not step. even a step. Yeah. yeah. You know? And, and I, like, I'm, I'm pretty good with my email. Like I, I answer usually within the day or like if it's late at night, I'll answer the next morning because right. I'm, I'm neurotic with that. I don't like leaving things like, oh, I'm I've seen very it. much I'm like good. that too, actually. I think yeah. my, uh, I think my, um, Gmail inbox would make you really tense. Maybe set you both off on flares <laughs> yeah, right don't now. Tell me that. Maybe, yeah. yeah. Just that, through it, guys. Um, Facebook's also a good one if you can manage to find me there, but apparently there's a lot of Mike Shorts or. I could see that, yeah. Yeah. But the athletics four life dot wix site w i x s i t e dot com but we're gonna we'll put we'll definitely gonna post all of this and you spoke highly about are you gaming whippy as well so i feel like reaching out to somebody there even if you're in the durham area of course www.areyougame.com.ca .ca yeah they're great there um i mean i have i have only good things to say and like yeah i'm so glad that i'm working there and able to help people through that facility um we yeah. are super glad that you are here, and I am super glad that you had this conversation. I feel like even myself, like, I feel like on the way home, Daryl's going to be like, so, that gym membership we have. <laughs> <laughs> that we don't go to. Um, we went last weekend. We did, actually. We were on the treadmill for 45 minutes. So. That's really impressive. Thanks. That is really impressive. Thanks. We were doing a little bit better before, and I have to say, in the summer when I wasn't working, Hmm. My problem is I get home from work and I'm physically so exhausted and so much pain that the thought of going to the gym is like impossible. But I just need to get up and move. Move. It it gets better too. Like after you work and then you go to the gym the first time, you're like, yeah, I was tired, but I feel better after. Yeah. It gets easier every time. And And let's just say it, it it gets slightly addictive too. It does. I mean, you can get really addicted to the uh, endorphins, just to the relief you can get addicted to the if routine of it. If I get addicted to relief, great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is an addiction I would like to have. Relief. Yeah. Relief well, I remember <laughs> that when I was running all the time and I would go to the gym and uh, that when I was doing that theater job, it was just so, I knew exactly what I was going to get. I was going in for this experience that was, I was going to come out better, feeling better. And so as soon as I walked in, I was already feeling great. I get to the point where some, like, I'm not going to say sometimes, all the time. I will schedule my personal life around the classes that I'm planning to attend at, yeah. at the gym. Because if I don't go to that class, and I it's know... it's for you. It's, it's for me. It's for you. And not only that, like, I enjoy going because of the community that's built there. I feel great afterwards. And I know if I don't go, I'm going to be thinking about it anyway. So I'm not really present with right. whatever I'm supposed to... Or whatever I was going to do anyway. So people... 
You've been listening to this episode. Our key message here is you need to get moving. What are you going to do today? Yeah, get moving. If that just means you get out of bed and you walk around your bedroom a few times or you take an extra lap on the way to the toilet, if it's not an emergency, just get moving. Um, find the right community. Reach out to Mike. You know, find a, find a space that you're comfortable in, even if that space is just your living room for now. Yeah. But don't just lay down and like let this life that you've been given take over. Yeah. Just move. Strength and positive thoughts, people. Until next time. Guts and Glory is produced by Bang Albino Inc., a full-service creative agency. 